0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation instant reaction podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. The 49ers have just won in overtime 26 23 over the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh man, what an absolute game! What a crazy game by the 49ers and the Bengals. It's there's so much to talk about. We are going to break everything down that happened here. Uh, If I before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. If you haven't done so already, Uh, we appreciate all of you that have hopped on and have followed and have downloaded the Niners Nation podcast. We actually went over a million downloads as a network in the month of November, something that we have never, ever done before in the history of Niners Nation. So we are so, so grateful to you. Thank you very much. And oh, man. I don't know where to start in this one. Niners get the 26, 23 win in overtime. Jimmy Garoppolo hits Brandon Ayuk with a touchdown. He gets the ball just over the edge of the pylon and the 49ers win. Massive, massive win in a game. They absolutely had to have. It wasn't always pretty at times. In fact, a lot of times it was damn ugly. And I got to tell you, I was on the roller coaster in this game, man. I was, where I was riding this thing. The Niners have a two score lead. It's 14 to six in the fourth quarter. And you're like, all right, we're kind of controlling this one. And it just got, it got up. I'm sorry. It was, forgive me. It was 20 to six in the fourth quarter, not 14 to six. And, uh, Then I think the 49ers are in control. All of a sudden, the Bengals figure out we have no defensive backs. They start chucking the ball down the field. Jamar Chase Chase is murdering our defensive backs, and the Bengals are tying it up. And you could just see the Niners' defense just sketchy. The coverage is just not there, and the Bengals are tying it up. And then Jimmy Garoppolo gets the ball back, driving down the field. They look like they might get it, and he throws high to George Kittle, and Kittle makes this diving beautiful fingertip catch to set the Niners up for field goal range. And then Robbie Gold comes out and misses from 47 yards away. Like, Oh my God. I was just sitting there. I just knew it. Just knew it. Looking at Robbie gold. He wasn't going to make that kick. He misses the kick. We go to overtime. The Bengals get the ball in overtime. They're driving right down the field, just peppering one play. They cross 50 yards. I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to happen? Are we really going to blow this one? And who comes up big for the 49ers? You know, I've been saying it all year. In close games, your big money players have to make big plays. And who was it for the 49ers? Of course, Nick Bosa. Bosa makes a huge play on third and three from the 19-yard line. He sacks Joe Burrow. They lose four yards. That stops the drive. They have to kick the field goal. And the Niners go down and obviously get the touchdown in overtime. You have to lean on your stars, and the 49ers did that in this game. George Kittle, 13 catches for 151 yards and a touchdown. He was the only guy in the second half that could make a play for the 49ers was George Kittle. He was the only one. And you know what? He's that damn good. That's enough. Like, Kyle Shanahan finally realized George Kittle's blocking is the second best thing that he does. Lean on him as a wide receiver. And I have to give credit to where credit's due. And I'm, I'm, I am I want to take your comments. I'm going to react to everything you guys are saying. I keep the comments coming. I'm reading them as we go here. Um, I will get to them, I promise. I just need to, like, get this stuff off my chest. Um, I have to give credit to where credit is due. On the final drive, Jimmy Garoppolo made some damn good throws. I have to admit it. He made a beautiful back-shoulders throw to Juwan Jennings for 25 yards after Kittle false-started. It was second and seven, and he made a beautiful back shoulder throw to Juwan Jennings that was great. He made a beautiful throw to Kittle over the middle of the field, and it was low. It was in heavy traffic, and Jimmy put it in a perfect spot. Kittle was able to catch it and get down, got the first down to help keep the drive going garoppolo made some good throws he was mostly asked for the second half but on that final drive he made some good throws and he made some good throws on the drive final drive in regulation where gold missed a field goal too he made a couple of good ones there so 49ers get to win 26 23 they move to seven and six on the year a quick check of the playoff standings in the NFC. Too bad the Jets couldn't get it done against the Saints today. But San Francisco, seven and six. They are now in the sixth spot in the NFC. Moved up a spot. And whew, man, we can exhale. Oh boy, can we exhale. All right. I want to get to some of the comments here. Uh, please keep them coming. Facebook, YouTube. Uh, There's no comments on if you're watching on Twitter, you can't comment, unfortunately, to where I'll see it in my feed here. Uh, I apologize for that. If you want to switch over to the YouTube feed or uh, to the Facebook site, you can do either one of those. Um, Man, There are so much. How about this one from Andrew? Andrew Ardo watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Thoughts on the defensive scheme? Could they have adjusted fourth quarter once Bengals were exploiting it? They talked about that a lot on the broadcast. Basically the 49ers had to play their safety so deep because they were so worried about getting beat that there were spots underneath to make plays because the 49ers were kind of giving you those plays and there's an adjustment to whatever a team does. There's always an adjustment, but here's the thing. If the 49ers adjust, then they become vulnerable over the top. And so I think the thinking by D'Amico Ryans was just have to make them keep making plays and maybe the pass rush will get home. There were so many times on that final drive with the pass rush where the 49ers were just like a second, less than a second, just a half a second, a millisecond away from sacking Burrow, tipping his arm, making a play like that, where they would have disrupted the play. They didn't get there, and Burrow was completing balls down the field. But I think the thinking by D'Amico Ryans was, let me just put the pressure on my defensive line, keep the safeties back, and we'll see if we can stop them that way. And they couldn't do it for most of the second half in the fourth quarter. But the 49ers did just enough. Nick Bosa, carrying the team on his back, actually had a sack that was nullified by a penalty by Ambry Thomas, who had two illegal hands to the face. Um, But they did just enough. Just enough in this one. And everybody was, I mean, you had contenders in the NFC watching this one. You had everybody in the AFC North watching this one because the whole AFC North is all topsy-turvy now because Lamar Jackson has an ankle injury. Uh, trigger J eight two five five says kiddo is why Jimmy didn't get benched during the game. If Jimmy could hit his wide receivers in stride, the game isn't close. Always throws the high ball and almost got kiddo killed. Thank you for the super chat. By the way, uh, there was that, there was that in this game, Jimmy throwing high, Jimmy throwing incomplete. There was a deep ball down the left sideline to Travis Benjamin, where Benjamin is wide open. He's got like three yards of separation on the guy and Garoppolo sees it late. And severely underthrows it. Benjamin tried to come back and make a play. Ultimately, he couldn't hang on. And the ball got broken up and they couldn't get it. But you're right. Jimmy was bad Jimmy for a lot of this game. He was. Who was your MVP? Okay, I just saw one. Jared Shear. And again, I apologize if I say your name wrong. Uh, Special teams played well today. Good bounce back game. No, 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 no. I beg to differ, my friend. yes. The Bengals couldn't catch a punt. They fumbled two punts in this game. I don't know what the hell was going on. In fact, everybody was fumbling the ball today, actually. It wasn't just the Bengals on the punt. The 49ers had one. Jimmy Garoppolo had a fumble where literally nobody touched him. He was just in the pocket, and the ball squirted out of his hand. Cincinnati had four fumbles on the day. The 49ers had two, so six fumbles total in the game. But the special teams did not play great. Of course, Robbie Gold misses the field goal at the end of regulation, the 47-yarder. There was that. Mitch Wisnowski was hideously bad today. Awful, multiple punts that were terrible in big spots to give the Bengals a short field. Uh, Mitch had seven punts for 291 yards. That comes out to an average of 41.6. And before you say, oh, maybe it was a short field and he was trying, no, he had one punt in the 20. He was awful today. And he's been awful for a couple of weeks. I don't know if he's hurt, you know, nursing some sort of injury. I have no idea because he started the year playing great. And he has been hideously bad the last two weeks. Uh, let's get to some more of your comments. I know Kittle's getting a lot of love, a lot of love. And like we said, he should, because when you have 13 catches for 151 yards, you should absolutely get love. He was great. And that's what they're paying him to be. And I know, I know that I've crushed Kittle at times because I said he doesn't score enough touchdowns and he, you know, he gets paid to be one of the elite tight ends and he has not been that. Well, the last few weeks, George Kittle absolutely has been that a thousand percent. He has made me eat my words. He's been everything worth every penny. The 49ers are playing him. I am a little worried. I want to see. I'm going to try and keep an eye on uh, the post game comments because he looked a little gimpy to me out there. It looked like it was a knee or something. He was kind of limping around a little bit. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to see if uh, what the case is there with Kittle, because if he's hurt, obviously, that'd be a problem. Um Antonio Cooper watching on the Niners nation Facebook page, Bosa is the MVP on defense and Kittle always the MVP on offense. I mean, Bosa was Bosa was so good today. It is sickening how good he is. You know, Micah Parsons has been getting a lot of love and he deserves it because he's been great for the Cowboys, but Bosa doesn't get the same amount of love. Cause he doesn't make as many big plays because he gets held every freaking play. And when he doesn't get held, he stops the quarterback pretty much. So he, uh, He's not going to get as much love as other people that make splash plays, but he's every bit as good. Um, LJ watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Jennings, 15, came in pretty clutch. Well, I mean, look, for the game, three catches for 46 yards. But like I said, he did have that beautiful catch on the final drive. That was a big, big play. Um, they clearly, they're starting to figure out a role for Jawan Jennings. I don't want to directly say he's Kendrick Bourne because I feel like that's too simple, but I feel like they're figuring out how to use him, when to use him, and where, and they're realizing, oh, by the way, he's a big bodied guy. So they're carving out a role for Jawan Jennings. And it's nice to see, and I think it's probably the role that Herdwood would have had if he ever could have played for the 49ers, but we'll see about that dub nation watching on the Niners nation YouTube page. Can we trust gold again at all going forward? No, no, you can't trust gold. Look, he said this week, literally this week that he's playing the best football of his career. (laughs) I mean, you can't make it up. You knew when he said that, right? You knew when he said that it was going to come down to him. And of course he gacked it up 47 yard kick wide. And by the way, Can the 49ers throw a five yard out at the end of that? In regulation, there's like 14 seconds left and they're having Jimmy Garoppolo just drop back and throw incompletions to burn time off the clock. It's like, hey, how about you throw a five yard out here and you move a little closer for Robbie Gold? So maybe he doesn't miss it, but that's neither here nor there. Gold's getting a ton of money. His contract is fully guaranteed. He's being paid to make that kick. And of course he missed it. So can you trust him at all going forward? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. A lot of people hating on Jimmy Garoppolo in this one. And I understand it because let's look at the 49ers drives. Oh, you know what? Let me get my question off the top of there here. Sorry about that. Okay. Let's look at the 49ers drives in the second half of this game. Field goal, punt, 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 missed field goal. And then obviously in overtime, they get the touchdown. So they largely did nothing in the second half of this game. Sick. They had the field goal on the first drive in the third quarter. Then six plays, one yard, four plays, five yards, five plays, 22 yards. Then the missed field goal at the end was 10 plays, 50 yards. And then ultimately the game winner, seven plays, 75 yards. So they were just stuck in the mud in the second half of this game. They couldn't do anything. And it's frustrating because it's not like they were playing all world defenses. And at least last week, they didn't have Debo Samuel, right? So you could kind of lean on that. But this week, he was out there. So I know that Elijah Mitchell didn't play, but come on. Kittle's there. Ayuk's there. Jimmy's there. Like, you should be able to at least move the ball. If you're not going to score, at least try and flip the field a little bit. But they couldn't do that. And that was going to be the story of this game. Like, I was sitting here. You know, I have my notes. I'm prepared. I was going to write, second-half game. Offense disappears. I was ready to pound them. And they deserve criticism. Obviously, they ended up getting it done. But you can't play one half of football. You just can't do it. I don't care who you're playing against, especially when your corners are as bad as they are to ask your defense to have to keep stopping them over and over again. It's not realistic. I know the defense kind of gacked it up at the end there, but they've been playing great all day. I mean, they still only allowed 23 points on the day. So you got to be able to do more in the second half. Edwin watching on the Niners nation YouTube page with Kittle Debo. Ayuk, we should never have a second half like that. Unacceptable. And, uh, you know, an offensively bent head coach. He's supposed to be an offensive genius here. What? Why can't you score in the second half? And I think a huge part of it was the running game. The 49ers could not run the ball in this game, and we kind of figured that going in, but it was bad. 23 carries for 100 yards in the day, 4.3 yards per carry. Basically, they would hand the ball off and gain like a couple of yards, and then they ended up having to go second and long, third and long. You know, late in this game, I don't know what the exact number ended up being, but with like 20 seconds to go in the game, The Niners were averaging 8.2 yards on third down. Like that is, that's just too many. Like you're not going to be able to move the ball consistently on offense when you have to gain that many yards on third down. And that's what we've seen is when the 49ers can move the chains and stay on schedule, they can continue to move the ball. But when it's third and long, like they can't get it. They can't get it. A lot of Jimmy Garoppolo criticism coming in on the feed. Um, Let me just go over his numbers in the day since everybody's talking about him. 27-41, 296 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Although, let me just say, Jimmy Garoppolo tried really hard to get interceptions in this game. He had multiple turnover-worthy plays that just were not caught flat out, were not caught by the defense. It seems to do it every single game I talk about it. He has three to four really good throws and three to four really bad throws. And Cincinnati couldn't make catches on those. So there you go. Got another super chat here from Trigger who says, tired of seeing the same game with Jimmy. Nothing changes. The offense shows up for one half or in a loss. I don't defend mediocrity. P.S. Love the show. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And we appreciate the super chat. A lot of people, you know, it's funny. Early in the year when the 49ers were losing, people were saying, play Lance, play Lance, play Lance. Then Jimmy would win and everybody would say, shut up. Jimmy, see, we can win with Jimmy, blah, blah, blah. Now, last week, people are saying play Lance. And even this week in a win, people are saying Trey Lance. So it's interesting. I wonder if the, the worm is starting to turn a little bit for the 49ers. Kelly Ponce watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Jimmy stood in the pocket way too long today. Yeah, he did. I mean, he usually always stands in the pocket. That's the problem. He was sacked five times for 41 yards today. Bad. And not all those are on the offensive line, by the way. I know some of them are, and that's fair, but not all of them. And, you you know, you can't do that if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. When you don't make big plays, you can't take big losses. And he does. Michael Murphy watching on the Facebook page. Jimmy can't even scramble an egg, let alone outrun a lineman. That's funny. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo can cook, but, I mean, he... <laughs> He used to at least scramble around a little bit. I feel like since the knee injury, he's been unable or unwilling to do that. So that's, you know, obviously concerning and frustrating. And every time he takes a sack, I feel like, you know, would, would that sack have happened if Trey Lance was in there? And look, I don't know. That's That's probably not fair to do, but I'm sorry. I can't help it. Like, I do wonder that. They've got the third overall pick in the draft on the sideline. Like, yeah, sorry. I begin to call that into question. So, Jimmy was Jimmy in this game. Uh, oh, I just saw a really good comment. Here we go. Ernest, watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Crazy. Jimmy led two game-winning drives and gets zero love. Well, here's the thing, Ernest. Yeah, he drove him down at the end of regulation, and they should have won the game in regulation, and that's 100% fair. But when you do nothing largely in the second half, and it comes, it comes down to, excuse me, a Robbie Gold attempt from 47 yards out, yeah, that's the frustrating part. You know, you can't just excuse all that stuff. You can't just ignore it. Like it never happened. The reason that it came down to Robbie gold at the end of the game was because the 49ers offense was cheeks for the second half of the game. Like that's just it. So, you know, you, that doesn't wash everything away. I believe, I agree with you that some context is needed, but I can't just say, well, he had two good drives at the end of the game, so he's fine. Like, no, that's that's not all you look at. Uh, Let's see. Baba Ganoush watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Fantastic username, by the way. Difference was Burrow was releasing quickly in the second half. D-line was getting to him very quick. Jimmy walked into problems. Jimmy, I mean, most sacks are on the quarterback. Let's just be real. Most sacks are on the court. Not all. Sometimes offensive linemen just get blown up, and God knows if you're a 49er fan, you've seen that. But most of the sacks are on the quarterback. When Jimmy gets that left arm out, you know, like that's when you know you're screwed. Nothing good is happening on that play at that point. I just hope basically that Jimmy either throws it away or just falls down so that he doesn't fumble the ball and lose possession. Elvin Santiago, can we give Jimmy G credit? I just gave him credit. He was good on a couple of drives but mostly in the second half, he wasn't that good. He wasn't great in the first half, really, either. Let's be honest. The only reason the 49ers were in this game is because Cincinnati couldn't catch a punt. I mean, they didn't convert a single third down in the first half and still had scored 17 points. Think about that. Like, how often does that happen? That's insane. But that's where the 49ers were in this one because Cincinnati couldn't hold on to the football. And you know what? For once... It's nice for the 49ers to be on that side of it because how many games have we had where the 49ers are the ones making stupid turnovers, not being able to catch punts, right? Doing all that stuff. That's usually what the 49ers have done this year. So you know what? I'm glad we were on the other side of that. Good. It's about damn time, right? It's about damn time that we got on one of these. I want to take a quick look and see if uh, the 49ers have hit the podium yet because I'm interested to hear. What uh, <laughs> what people are saying. Zach Taylor, Bengals head coach, on trying to stop George Kittle. We tried everything. Well, he had 13 catches for 151 yards and a touchdown. So I wouldn't say you tried everything there, Zach. Because that was dominating. That was dominating. Uh, a tweet from our own Akash Anavarathan. George Kittle has the most 150-yard, one-touchdown receiving games for a tight end in NFL history. He has four of those games. And two of them have come in the last two weeks. A-plus tweet, Akash. That is insane. Um, Kyle Posey, the Niners Nation recap is up now on NinersNation.com. He just tweeted, once again, the 49ers look like the best and worst team in the NFL in the same game. I can't figure them out. I think I'm done trying. Yeah, kind of. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy the roller coaster that we're on seemingly every week. But that's where we are. It, it, it Graze your hair. It hurts your heart sometimes. But at least on one Sunday, at least on this Sunday, the 49ers get the win. This is something I want to get to. Ron Barber watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. How does Debo not have more catches? And he had one catch in this game for 22 yards. It was a nice catch over the middle, a little catch and run. I don't know that the status of Debo's growing and his health coming into this one. You know, I don't know if he was 10%, 50%, 80%, whatever the case may be. But He can't just be a running back. You know, they need him to make plays down the field. That's why what he was doing earlier in the year was so impressive, because he was contributing as a wide receiver and also as a running back. But if he can't contribute consistently as a wide receiver, I think that's going to hurt him coming out of the backfield, and it's going to hurt the offense. Like, he has to do his primary job well. And that's something I feel like with the 49ers, You can say that about multiple people on the team. Like, do your first job really well. It's cool that Debo can come out of the backfield and run the ball well, and that's great. But you know what? We need you to be a wide receiver, first and foremost. That's your actual position, you know? Yeah, it's great that Talanoa Hufonga can come down towards the line of scrimmage and make plays in the run game, but you're a safety. I need you to be able to cover, you know? Josh Norman, great. You like to punch the ball out. Awesome, Josh Norman. That's fantastic. You can't cover anything. You, you, your ass as a defensive back, that's not good enough. You have to do your primary job. Well, not saying that Debo hasn't done his primary job well as a wide receiver, but the last couple of games, I feel like it's too much focus on the ground game. It's too heavy. Eight carries 37 yards today. He did have an amazing 27 yard touchdown run, but again, we need you as a wide receiver. It felt like the only guy in the second half of this game that could make a play was George Kittle, except for Brandon Ayuk on the final play of the game. Blanton, 125, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Debo just came off a groin injury, and they put him right back in the backfield, going to get him seriously injured. I had that thought, too, Blanton. I'm not going to lie. I think they asked Kyle Shanahan about that during the broadcast or uh, during the um, production meetings before the game. And what Shanahan told the production staff was, if we had any worry that Debo was going to re-injure himself, he wouldn't play because we know how important he is. So they were 100% confident, obviously. But we know how the 49ers have handled injuries in the past. So I understand your skepticism. Like they have done a bad job in a lot of cases of playing guys too soon, working guys too hard in rehab guys, having setbacks, whatever the case may be so far, you know, we think he's okay, but we also know with the 49ers, you got to wait till that Monday conference call with Kyle Shanahan before you know who's really hurt. Because even after the game, sometimes he doesn't know. And guys, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, they wake up, they don't feel great, and then we find out, oh, there's an injury, there's a knee, there's a concussion, you know, whatever the case may be. So, okay, I want to get to this one. Carlo Garibay from the Niners Nation YouTube page. Ambry Thomas is officially a bust. I think that's unfair. It, you know, he's a rookie. The 49ers have this thing is that... They don't want their rookies to take lumps, it feels like. They really don't want their rookies to make any mistakes, right? Trey Lance can't play. He's not ready. He's not ready. He can't play. Ambry Thomas, for the whole season, basically, up until they really desperately needed someone, he's not ready. He can't play. He can't play. Rookies are going to take lumps. And God knows Ambry Thomas has taken some. He took some in this game. That's going to happen, you know? Even a third-round pick, a relatively high pick, it's a different game in the NFL. There's an adjustment period that has to take place. Bad things happen to you. You learn from them and hopefully they don't happen in the future. You know, God knows when I was working at ESPN radio, I screwed a bunch of stuff up early on. I'll never forget. I was on the board running the control board during the herd with Colin Cowherd. And I didn't have my my break schedule set right. And the sports center bed started playing in the middle of a break for because I had screwed something up. And I'll never, ever forget looking up from the control board into the studio and seeing Colin Cowherd look at me with this expression on his face, like, what the hell are you doing? You idiot. You are ruining my national show. Now he didn't say that to me for the record. He would never say that to me, but he looked at me like, what the hell's going on? I'll never forget it. I still have nightmares about it. I will never forget that. You screw stuff up when you're just starting out. It's inevitable in any in any profession, no matter what you do. I bet you, if I asked you right now in the comments, for something you screwed up early on in your career, I bet you the stories would be. And if you've got them, you know what? Let's, I'll take them. But that's just flat out what happened. But the 49ers don't seem to want to acknowledge that sometimes with rookies, even like Trey Sermon, like rookie running backs, like you can't have your cake and eat it too. You, it's just impossible. So you have to hopefully you can take your lumps and survive those lumps and then get better going forward. But for Carlo, for you to say that Ambry Thomas is a bust, I don't know if I believe on that. I don't know if I'm willing to say that right now, right away, definitively. Uh, starting to get some post-game comments. Aziz Alshire has an elbow injury, and Ambry Thomas left the game with a head injury. So we'll know more tomorrow. An elbow injury for Aziz. Uh, that could be big. Aziz Alshire was playing great uh, for the 49ers, even you know when Warner went down. And all year long, he's been arguably their best linebacker. So for him to have an elbow injury uh, could be devastating to the defense. Uh, I know a lot of people don't want to give him love. A lot of announcers need to learn his name, but it is Aziz Alshire. Not Al Alshire, Alshire. I don't know if any announcers are watching this game, but there you go. So we'll know more. That could be a big injury for the 49ers because that means Marcel Harris has to play linebacker, which, let's be honest, hold your breath there. Um... Hopefully it's something with his ease where he can either play through it or, you know, it's not serious, whatever the case may be. But Shire with the elbow and then uh, Ambry Thomas with the head injury. More Kyle Shanahan. Here's Kyle on Jimmy. Jimmy made some plays there at the end that I thought were huge. I think we're a hard team to beat when we don't turn it over. That's true. I mean, the 49ers on their win streak, they were not turning the ball over. And you look today, 49ers turnovers, you see a nice fat zero in that column. When they don't give it away, they are tough to beat. Now, you know, you can't just not give it away. You still have to put up points and take risks, but it's a good point. Uh, (laughs) I think that that's kind of telling when Kyle Shanahan gets asked about Jimmy Garoppolo and says, yeah, he made a couple of plays at the end, but by the way, we didn't turn it over. So we're tough to beat. Like, it's so clear that Kyle just is more living in fear with Jimmy than hoping he does actually anything good. So that's all you need to know. Uh, Chris watching on the Niners nation Facebook page. How about Jimmy fumbling the ball without being touched? Yeah, that happened. Um, (laughs) sorry that happened. That did take place in the game, which obviously he got it back, but there was a 10 yard loss on that play, and It basically killed the drive. So, you know, those things matter too, but I, I still think that Kyle is just locked into this narrative that if I can just control Jimmy enough to where he doesn't turn the ball over, just control him enough. We can get it done. So. That's where they are. But look, this was a massive, massive win for the 49ers. Huge win. You know, if they have any hope of making the playoffs, this was a game they really, really needed to have. They're seven and six now. They're five and two on the road. I'll never understand why the 49ers can't seem to win at home, but damn, five and two on the road. It's hard to win on the road in the NFL. And Kyle Shanahan for his career has been, I think, better on the road than at home. Um, but a a huge, huge win for San Francisco. Here's Shanahan on Ambry Thomas. Since we were talking about rookies and taking their lumps, he said, quote, I know it was a tough game because of those two penalties. Those are the uh, two illegal hands to the face penalties. One negated an interception by, I think it was Jaquiski Tart, and the other negated a Bosa sack. It would have been his 13th sack of the year. Um, But he said, I know it was a tough game because of those two penalties, but I thought he held his own for the most part today. It was a really tough situation. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm so glad Kyle Shanahan just said that. Thank you, Kyle. That's right. Tough game against a really, really good receiver core and a really good quarterback. And he held his own out there. And that's what you're hoping for every, you know, oops. Oh, sorry about that. I didn't mean to throw that comment out, but that's what you're hoping for every week. Just trying to muddle through. And, and, you know, we grade on style points so much in the NFL, right? Did they win? Okay. They won, but was it pretty? Did they win by a lot? Like we grade it like a beauty pageant when it's a pass-fail test. It's just a pass-fail business. Were you good enough on that day? Good enough. Doesn't mean perfect. And the 49ers were good enough. Ambry Thomas was good enough. Yeah. So, take your lumps. That's okay. Though That's gonna happen. We got through it, you know? So, just trying to scan the... Uh, the quotes oh okay so here's what happened to dante johnson uh this is oh this is terrible news um he dante johnson didn't play for personal reasons kyle shanahan said that his mother had a heart attack on friday and she passed away this morning he informed the team after the game i don't know if that's kyle shanahan informed the team or if dante johnson informed kyle shanahan i don't know but so that's awful awful news um Thoughts and prayers, obviously, to Dante Johnson. Losing a parent is devastating no matter when it happens. Um, so that's terrible. Uh, that puts a, a damper on things a little bit. But that's why he wasn't in the game. I was curious about that because we thought it was going to be Dante Johnson lining up as one of the starters. And then we got word that that wasn't going to be the case. And then it was uh, Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas that got sort of thrust into that role. So that's the reason why. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at Twitter here. Akash on Varathan. I still don't know what to make of this 49ers team looks really good during some stretches, really bad during others. Hence their record is seven and six, depending on their matchup in the playoffs, they can make some magic happen. That's what I want to ask you. How confident are you in the 49ers right now? How do you feel about this team going forward? Do you, are you thinking they could beat anybody at any time? What do you think here? I'll throw the question up if I could just write it really quick, uh, because We've seen both sides for the 49ers. We've seen them look really, really good, and we've seen them look really, really bad. And that's the strange thing. How can they be both? Right. And it's not just like we've seen them play not good. Like the Chiefs have kind of struggled a little, but they still won game. But no, the 49ers have looked horrible. They've looked like ass in a lot of times. I mean, they looked horrible. In the Bears game, even though they won, they looked horrible against the Cardinals backups. They looked horrible against the Colts in the rain. They have looked pitiful at times. And then at times they look like they can shove anybody around and be the big bullies on the block and beat anybody anytime, anywhere. So how do you feel about the 49ers? I feel like after a win, you ask this question, everybody says they're world beaters. They could win the Super Bowl. You ask after a loss, they're terrible. They're never going to beat another game. Ralph watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. They can beat Dallas and the Rams. I don't know if they can beat Dallas. I wouldn't love to see Dak against this secondary. They seem to be able to beat the Rams, though. Was it five straight now? Uh, Felix watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. No one wants to play us in the playoffs, barring uh, bearing afraid to get the good version of us. Not sure what word you were trying to type there, but you're right. Like I think that they, we are... A tough playoff matchup, I'll say, for teams. We are a tough playoff matchup because Kyle Shannon, you never know when Kyle's just going to go into his bag and pull out this game plan that just rips the other team to shreds, and he's capable of it every week. You just never know, and you never know when they're going to th- turn the ball over three times and stink up the joint. Kyle, watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page, he's confident in the team. Only if the defense can keep it up and get better, the offense, uh, Yeah. It sometimes it comes down to how well the opposing defense can catch the ball because Jimmy Garoppolo like gives them opportunities. Even we saw it today. There were multiple passes that Jimmy Garoppolo threw to defenders that they could have intercepted. And this game looks a hell of a lot different if those guys can come down with the ball. A hell of a lot different. Uh, Batman 29, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. Stats, what is the playoff picture going forward? Are we a lock for the wild card? Look, nothing is a lock for this team, okay? The only thing that's a lock is that. We have no idea what the hell we're going to think of them week to week. But if you're wondering, here are the here's the situation right now in the NFC, uh, and obviously the Sunday night game notwithstanding. Arizona first, they're ten and two. Tampa's ten and three. They're the second seed. The Packers are the three seed at nine and three. Cowboys are four at nine and four. Rams are the fifth seed. They are eight and four. San Francisco is the sixth seed at seven and six. And Washington is six and seven. They are the seventh seed right now, the final seed in the NFC. They win the tiebreak over Atlanta and Minnesota because of their conference record. And division tiebreak was used to eliminate Philly. So Washington uh, has a better division record. So they win the tiebreak over Philly. And then the tiebreak goes Washington to uh, the tiebreak goes over to Minnesota. And that's why they beat Minnesota out because of the conference record. So that's why Washington is seven. Their conference record is five and three Minnesota is at eight. Their conference record is four and four. Uh, Same thing with the Eagles who are at nine, six and seven, four and four conference record. And for the 49ers, you've got the tiebreaker over Minnesota because you whip their ass, which is great news. You've got the tiebreaker over the Eagles because you beat them head to head. So that's really good news for the 49ers. I doubt you're going to catch the Rams for the five seed now, although you do have one more game against them. Um, but you've got the tiebreaker over some of the teams. And the 49ers are going to play Atlanta, too, who's the 10 seed at 6 and 7. So they're in a pretty good spot. Not, nothing is a lock, but they're in a pretty good spot. Uh, there was a super chat here. Apologies that I want to get to. Uh, now that I can't seem to f- pop on the screen. Uh, apologize for that. I think your name was Humberto. Sorry about that. I was looking at the playoff standings, trying to give the rundown, and I missed it. Uh, Forgive me on that one. I try to uh, always get the super chats. I do appreciate it. If you throw it in the regular chat, hopefully I'll be able to uh, to see it again and get to you. But I apologize on that one. That's my bad. Um, Okay, so what is this question? Mike Valesco watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. What's the team's number one priority in the offseason? In the offseason? we just won the game, man. They're seven and six. There's the six seed in the playoffs. You're talking about the off season. Come on now. I don't want to hear that. William Strider watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. When the bell rings for the playoffs, it's a crapshoot. Back in the day, the Niners were six and five and they went all the way. I don't want to know about back in the day, but it's all the whole thing is a crapshoot, man. I mean, you never know what the heck's going to happen week to week. Look at the, the Lamar Jackson injury for the Ravens in the AFC. Like the whole AFC playoff picture now is totally muddy. It's up in the air. So who the hell knows? I mean, Dak could get hurt next week. Kyler Murray could get hurt. We have no idea. Just win the games and we'll figure it out when you get there. Like I think we all try to make like definitive statements, right? The Niners are great. This team is better than this team. This No, Just we'll, just get there. Just arrive there, just get to the playoffs. Look at the, the Buccaneers last year. They didn't win the division, they were a wild card team. And then they wind up playing Washington in the first or their, one of their playoff games, first playoff game. And it's Taylor Heineke a quarterback. So, like, you never know what the situation is going to be. Think of how many, like, all the weird stuff that has happened to the 49ers this year that we never would have imagined in all the, the hours that we spent in preview shows, previewing the game. We never would have known that the Niners were going to end up relying on Elijah Mitchell. We had no friggin' idea, but guys get hurt. Opportunities happen, and, you know, this is where we are now. You just have to muddle through. Umberto, watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, the team is same soup, different spoon every week, regardless of results, which I think was your super chat, so thank you. Um, That's a really good analogy, kind of. Same soup, different spoon. Sometimes it feels like the spoon has holes in it with the way the 49ers' offense plays. But no, I mean, that's where we are right now with this team. Can be good, can be bad. Do I have confidence in them going forward? They can beat anybody. Anybody in the league on any given week, they're good enough to beat them, but they can lose to anybody too. I don't know if you like, if you look at the other teams, right? Can they lose to anybody? Mm, I don't know. Can the Cardinals lose to anybody? I don't think so. They lost one game when Kyler Murray was out and the other one they lost because A.J. Green didn't turn around when the ball was thrown to him in the red zone. They're pretty damn good. I don't know what the Cardinals can lose to anybody. But that's where the 49ers are. But again, they get the 26-23 win. There was another huge sequence that I want to get to. And it was actually at the end of the first half in this game. You know, the Bengals looked like they were going to score a touchdown. They had a deep ball to Jamar Chase. He caught in the end zone. They called it a touchdown. We were like, oh no. And they overturned it. And the Niners held the Bengals to a field goal which Cincinnati kicked multiple field goals on fourth and short in the red zone which helped the 49ers out immensely in this game. Then the Niners get the ball back and they get stopped because Jimmy horribly underthrows Travis Benjamin on the deep ball and San Francisco punts and then the Bengals muff the punt again for the second time. Then on that possession the 49ers are actually stopped again if you remember But Cincinnati gets a taunting penalty after the third down stop. And then the 49ers get the first down. Then they go, bam, right to Kittle, 14-yard touchdown. That was a huge sequence at the end of the first half. People, I don't think, fully appreciate how important it is the end of the first half and the first possession of the third quarter. Games can swing so much on those, depending on who gets the ball last, what they do with it, who gets the ball first in the second half. A lot of games are won and lost there and that you can tell by the way Kyle Shanahan does his game uh calling, his play calling, he knows it's important. On that Bengals field goal drive, they get stopped and Kyle Shanahan is flying down the sideline screaming at the officials to get a timeout because he wants the 49ers to have enough time to go down and score on their own because he's worried about Cincinnati scoring before the end of the first half, then getting the ball in the third quarter and scoring again and you know obviously that would evaporate their two Two score leads. So that's what Kyle was worried about. So you can tell that that sequence is important to him. He realizes it. And it just ended up being a weird, weird sequence in this game that was largely defined by big plays the Debo 27 yard touchdown, the Jamar Chase touchdown that was overturned, like I said, the two muffed punts. Even, I mean, some of the plays that Cincinnati made, the throws by Joe Burrow are insane. Insane throws. That one touchdown to Jamar Chase in the back of the end zone, like, Burroughs just running around making a freaking play. That's just two really good guys making a really good play. It frustrates me that we don't have a quarterback that does that, but still, but that was what the game came down to basically just big plays, big moments. Both offenses were kind of stuck in the mud. And then just, you had these flashes of big plays. Bernie watching on the Niners nation Facebook page. No, the 49ers let it become a game. And then they won. Bad, bad Bengals play calling. I wouldn't say that. Like, The 49ers were really good on the final drive in overtime. I wouldn't say it was bad play calling by the Bengals. The Niners were better. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, I know Elvis Santiago on the YouTube page. Cincinnati shot themselves in the foot with all the mistakes. Yeah, but you know what? You got to take advantage of those two. And the 49ers did just enough. Just enough to take advantage of them. And credit to them. In two weeks, it's not going to matter how they won this game. It's just going to matter that they won it. Jimmy Ward on Ambry Thomas. I feel like it wasn't a bad game for him. My rookie year, I got beat for three touchdowns at nickel. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but again, we already talked about it. Go for the lumps. Or you take the lumps and you and you move on. Um, Brandon Ayuk on the game-winning touchdown. We're not supposed to reach the ball for the pylon unless it's fourth down, but no one said anything to me since I scored. Yeah, think about that. Because if you reach the ball for the pylon, and it gets knocked out of your hand and goes through the end zone, you lose possession of the ball. It's a touchback for the other team. So you're taught not to reach for the pylon. But in the case of Brandon Ayuk, I feel like you kind of – it's the game, right? It's the game if you get in. So I understand the temptation to reach for the pylon there. And it's funny. Who would have thought that on December 12th in an overtime game that the 49ers had to have – they would go to Brandon Ayuk in a big spot with the game on the line, potentially. Did we think that we'd ever see that this year based on how things went earlier? <laughs> I know I didn't. There was a point this year where I didn't know if, if Brandon Ayuk was going to be on the team next year. And now, again, here we are. December 12th. Things we didn't think were going to happen have happened. Brandon Ayuk getting the job done for the 49ers in a big spot. Uh, Ayuk actually had a pretty good day here. Let me bring up his actual numbers. Six catches, 62 yards, and that touchdowns, 11 targets. I love that. Feature him, man. I still think that Debo benefits a lot from Kyle's play calling, and he is a little more dependent on Kyle's play calling to get open as a receiver. I think Brandon I could get open regardless of who's calling the plays. I really think he's like a number one wide receiver, and it's nice to see him featured like that. Excuse me, just had to clear my throat. It's hard when you've been talking for 45 minutes all by yourself. Victor watching on the Niners nation YouTube page. Win is a win, but Jimmy G sets the fire and then gets congratulated for putting it out. (laughs) Take the win though. I mean, he didn't set the fire because those interceptions were not caught, but he definitely was trying. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but, yeah, we've talked a lot about Jimmy. Kyle Tanney watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. Thank God no vein popping from your forehead tonight. That's true. It was about to. Not going to lie. There were points in this game where that vein in my forehead was bulging out because I was getting ready to rip the 49ers for doing the same old stuff again. But, like you said, you got to wait till the end because you never know what the hell is going to happen with this team. But they got it done. Thank God they got it done. Now, if they had lost this game, they would have been six and seven on the year. I know that everybody would have been calling for Trey Lance. It, it would just would have been enough def- different world. And look, like we talked about, I don't know if the 49ers are making a deep playoff run or whatever, but like, I'm just glad that they're relevant for another week. I am just glad that we're going to go into next week, you know, basically like days before Christmas. And the 49ers are going to be playing a legitimately relevant game in december against the falcons and god do i have bad memories of playing the falcons late in the year at home everybody remembers that 2019 game with julio jones where the niners think they haven't stopped the goal line they hit him low and he bends over backwards for the game-winning touchdown but we're here we're here and we'll figure it out going forward it's a four-game season now for the niners falcons Then Thursday night against the Titans. Oh, man, is that going to be a tough game? That is going to be a physical, physical game. I wouldn't be stunned if the 49ers lost it. But again, who knows? We'll see. Then they play the Texans. And then they play the Rams. So there's two more home games, two more road games. I feel decent about that Rams game. Who knows? We don't know if they'll have the game, you know, their seed locked up or what that situation is going to be. So it's hard to predict right now. But if the 49ers go two and two the rest of the way they'll be nine and eight that's probably good enough to get into the playoffs that's probably good enough and for people asking by the way we're Ralph watching on the YouTube page Derek Henry is not back from his injury yet they think he might come back in January but they're not sure um so two and two for the 49ers that's the goal you'd like to think they can beat the Texans like if they lost to the Texans they probably don't deserve to make the playoffs but let's just say they beat the Texans. That means they gotta probably win one out of the other three games. Falcons at home, Titans on the road, or Rams on the road. Can the 49ers do that? Yep. Are the 49ers capable of losing all four of those games? Yep. And there's nobody out there that can tell you for sure that they're gonna what their record's gonna be. We have no idea. You can't make a prediction about that either way. It looks good. We'd like to think but we have no clue. We don't even know who's going to be healthy for those games, but that's where we are right now. So let's just take a little time, enjoy the win. Forget about Robbie Gold being a tire fire, which he is. Forget about Jimmy Garoppolo being probably the most frustrating quarterback to watch in the entire NFL, which he is. They got the win. So I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish this pod and I'm going to go up, going to get myself a little scotch, and I'm going to have an adult beverage, and I'm just going to enjoy this one. Just going to enjoy that for a whole week, everybody's going to talk about how the 49ers got it done. They'll probably say some dumb things about Jimmy Garoppolo, but whatever, man. The week is better when the 49ers win, and they won in overtime going across the country on the road. So take it and enjoy it. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you haven't done it already, please hit that subscribe button on the YouTube page if you're watching there. Please, please, please follow the Niners Nation podcast network. If you haven't left a rating and a review, it is the absolute best thing you can do for us. We really appreciate it. But your ratings and your reviews help new people discover us. And that's something that's really hard to do when it comes to podcasts. And I know there are a ton of 49ers podcasts out there. So please follow, rate, review. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Stats on Fire. If you ever want to hit me up, I like to say I'm here for the arguments. I promise you I'm a nice guy um i don't block anybody generally so don't worry about that i only block you if you come at me with like personal stuff or just vile racist stuff which some people do racist sexist stuff but other than that like i'm here to talk so i love the conversation my dms are open feel free to hit me up but thank you thank you thank you enjoy the win and uh go niners we'll talk to you next week we will be here next week for you as well thanks everybody